more and more i'm just like yeah never doing hybrid workshops again which is not true i will have to because i will plan a physical workshop and then someone will say i'm just gonna join from brazil in this episode of designing the robot revolution designing wonderful automation is a team effort but progress can be slow and meetings take up a lot of our time and what can we learn from the recent pandemic are there new ways of working on the horizon we take a look at meetings and see how we best can facilitate workflows and decision making both online and in person. Enjoy. Do you know what my, because I've had this come up and I've yeah. said it's either in person or it's remote. I will accept one or maybe two, less than 10% right. of attendees being remote, but they have to accept they will get a sub standard. They, the, workshop will be tailored for the people who are physically there and you can tune in and we'll try and keep you in the loop but you will have a substandard experience if more than 10 percent of the participants are remote then everyone's remote yeah i tried one thing though that kind of worked there were some problems associated with Mm. it uh we had a a 50 50 50 remote 50 nightmare yeah but i made everyone pick up their screens and do like more than 70 maybe 80 percent of the the work that we did was them putting things on the screen yeah so everyone was forced down into their machines so it was completely useless that they were there but at least they they were kind of remote uh which made it better mckinsey have identified that there's three types three categories of what they call collaborative interactions so this we shouldn't be seeing things as meetings we should be seeing them as collaborative interactions Mm. and they've identified three broad categories the three categories are decision making creative solutions and coordination and information sharing and then they've broken these what they call collaborative interactions that they've defined as three categories and for each of the categories they've broken them into two So for decision-making, that first category, you have to decide, is the interaction complex and uncertain decision where there's quality debates and the outcome is decisions for complex issues and actions? Or is it more cross-cutting routine decisions? And they they show how you can have a hybrid for the routine decisions, whereas uh, they recommend in person for uh, the more complex or uncertain decisions right i can see this and i kind of so okay so just uh if, if we stay there for a second so the complex decisions in mckinsey's opinion requires you actually sitting down in a room and having a physical meeting where you can discuss it and you can come up with some good solution to the complex problem and for routine decisions it's more just we meet and we make the decisions that we all need know that we need to make. And that yeah, that's what they're suggested. That's their suggested format. I don't necessarily agree with their suggested no. formats, actually. But I do really like the categorization yeah. of the different types of collaborative um, interactions, and then the subcategories of those interactions. But I would argue that actually all of them could be um, remote. They would none of them would have to be in person. I, I would suggest. 
I would also say that maybe meetings aren't necessarily the best format for making decisions. I'm just looking back at we had a a thread in a sh- chat, just text messages about deciding on a vision statement for the podcast because it's fun to have that. And I found text messaging to be perfect for that. We could iterate the solution and make a decision over the course of a couple of hours and it didn't require full focus. I don't know how that would translate into a bigger group, but I think it could work. Yeah, I think we ha- there's so many more interaction points than the traditional meeting. And this McKinsey article is trying to get us to think like that. Um I thought it was interesting us texting over the to come to this statement of an objective for the, for the podcast. I, I found it good in some ways as well. It, when it was something that we were just cooking in the background. So it felt informal. It didn't feel like we were coming to a decision, but it felt like kicking something around without the pressure of actually coming to a decision. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, the the one I really want to touch on here, because I think there is huge potential here, is when they categorize the information sharing interactions and they break it into one way or two way. And for the one way, they recommend that you could just do it in a video. Don't have a, don't have a meeting. Uh, I see this as the biggest single category of meetings that could most easily be cut out of people's calendars. If it's only going to be one-way information sharing and there is no no interactions required, uh, it's about awareness of new information. Why not just create a video, short video presentation, you present what information you need, you, you send it out to people. Easy way to cut a significant amount of meetings. I would like to hear someone that knows a lot about like agile methodology talk about like daily stand-ups with this perspective. Yeah. Because isn't aren't those meetings like just check-ins and, and informing about what I've been doing? No, I don't I don't think so. Because no? I think aren't they aren't they more for yeah, this is what I'm doing and these are blockers that I have. So it's an opportunity to get help. Right, you got that. But there is a component of just lifting what I've done. But yeah, you're right. Maybe that's a bad. And it's also, I guess that raises the point as well. Like if you have information sharing that is short, like efficient, you get a lot of value from everyone hearing it. And then you can also take that directly and create some sort of action from it then that is not probably not the the information meeting that you want to create the video for whereas what could be a good example one of our presentations when we've done a a pre-study of something and maybe not for the core team but for like transmitting it out into the organization i mean it's great if we can have that in a video the problem will be arguing against myself. People won't bother watching it. Like I've found it. If I send out a video, mm-hmm. um, I am pleased if more than half of people have watched it. Yeah, that's pretty I, good. I, I, I think a lot of the time people 
won't watch it. But you could play around with how you actually send that message out. For example, I think if you sent a, a private message to each attendant and said, hey, John, uh, please watch this video. It's five minutes. It will ha- it, it, it's important you watch it for X, Y, Z reason. You'd probably increase the number rather than just sharing something on a Slack thread or something. Right. If you also have some accountability connected to the video, we're going to have a decision meeting on the point brought up by David in the video on Tuesday. Yeah. That would probably... So this this plays into one of my favorite themes of what what it is to be a facilitator. People always think of facilitators facilitating a workshop. Mm-hmm. For me, we are increasingly facilitators of workflows, mm. of which workshops and other types of meetings, as well as activities outside of those meetings and workshops are happening. And so if you see your collaboration interactions, as McKinsey call it here, or meetings in the old-fashioned language, as part of these workflows, and you're consciously thinking, right, which of these are one-way communication versus two-way communication? Which of these relate to complex decisions or just routine decisions? Which of these are innovative sessions versus routine working sessions? And you see it as an entire flow Mm. and you get the buy-in from the team and they understand what the different engagements are that's that's a really great uh, improvement in terms of the efficiency uh of of working and and reducing Mm. unnecessarily unnecessary um, meetings i mean i think it would be um like a dramatic difference to to work life quality uh, like work quality and and uh, just productivity but i find that most of the time people including myself are just going about their day not categorizing the work so you don't even know if it's a decision meeting beforehand it's fairly rare for these just regular meetings that just happen every day to have an agenda. And if you don't yeah. even have an agenda, then it's really difficult to to categorize them. Yeah. It's the classic, isn't it? Um, there's this guy on Twitter saying he's he's trying and succeeding in having only four hours of meetings a week. So just 10% of his working week can be taken up by meetings. And he said, that means you're really tight with that resource. So you think, well, if this could be done in 10 minutes rather than 15 minutes even, Mm. you're going to take the 10 minutes to save your your minutes worth of meetings. And he has all these criteria of... um, when he will reject a meeting. And one would be if there's not an agenda... He's not coming. Right. Which I actually think is, is fair enough. It is fair enough. Um, and it does make sense. I've gone through periods where I'm a lot better about always having clear agenda, mm. clear outcomes and next steps ahead of the meeting. Um, and then other periods where, because no one else is, it has to be a, 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 an organization-wide culture when it comes to meetings because it's it's yeah. going to be difficult for you to enforce your four hours and no meetings without an agenda unless... Everyone else a, also feels like yeah. that is a... 
What is a meeting and what is a... And I'm thinking of digital meetings now, but what is a, a meeting with the, the aim of progressing the business and what is a social call that is regular in your calendar? Well, I, I would suggest that that kind of social call, which you shouldn't underestimate the importance of that rapport building and informal um two-way information sharing mm. so in, a, in an organization that is political or where relationships are key to progress being made those informal let's grab a, a virtual coffee or just a every week or every two weeks you have a check-in that can be some of the most valuable time yeah but it, if you were to categorize it it's two-way information sharing yeah Okay, so I have the one thing that I really value is having this only works when I'm working close or relatively close to someone on a specific topic, but just calling someone without any plan at all and just talking about the project and seeing where we land. And it, it depends what you're trying to achieve. There's some people, the process of discussing things enables them to process their thoughts. And it's that's the purpose of the meeting is you are helping them process their thinking. And that's a lot of the time, I think, what we're doing. Mm. We're sharing, we're, we're processing our thoughts, and that helps bring clarity. And I have that, like, I would say, yeah, with a couple of different people, one to two hours every day almost i have a meeting that is about me or someone else talking to process what's happening or and and most of the time both and those meetings i find really valuable or they are not like but that's generally the exception that they don't bring anything new so is that even a meeting or is that the fabled uh, coffee machine talk but digital i think good i think that is it's the digital version of the fable coffee machine talk isn't it because that's the sort of thing if we we're in the office together we'd be chewing the fat over a coffee or in the lunch queue i think you know taking a walk or... yeah no but jacob i found that tweet this guy who was saying how to implement um for uh, aim for only four hours of meetings in a 40-hour work week so only 10 percent. and here are his five tips this guy darren chait how to get there number one share updates in advance one of the most common words in any meeting agenda is update let's think about that an update should be a concise explanation of where something is at and what's changed so why do we waste so much time on them He reckons there's a social reason why live updates take so much longer than updates in meeting notes. If you can explain your progress in 20 seconds, your work looks unimportant. Whether intentional or not, people tend to include unnecessary levels of detail. I'll put my hand up to that one, Darren. That one is really fascinating. Like that is, I'm, I feel attacked, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is putting some light on a behavior that I have. That is not like, I, I don't think it's, 
Don't we do that all the time? I feel really bad if I can explain what I'm doing, honestly. <laughs> you feel bad I, if you can explain what you're doing? I'm a, in, in a sense, of course. Like, I want to explain the cool conclusion of what I'm doing. Mm. But if I'm if, if it takes 30 seconds to explain what I've been doing all week, it doesn't necessarily feel great, does it? <laughs> no, but it, sh- it shouldn't be like that. But uh, I, it <laughs> yeah. does, I mean, particularly designers will tend to... I'm thinking about a presentation I'm giving tomorrow, which is... On McKinsey's, it's a two-way information sharing. But probably, mm. but the first fifth, I'm trying to be really tight on that first. How much I do one-way information sharing, but I'm definitely need to relook at it and try and make it a bit simpler. Because at the moment, I'm talking mm. a lot of frameworks and right. So Darren, he recommends if it's. If your entire meeting is nothing but updates, skip the meeting, have everyone share their bullet points and read each other's notes. Only then if something services to discuss, should you have a meeting. So I agree with the principle here, Darren, but um, I don't believe people read each other's notes. That That is what I believe is why people book a meeting for these updates is because then you can see who's come and listen to your update. Um, and if you just send out the notes, I have low level of confidence that most people will, will actually pay attention to it. What would be the analog to that in real life outside of work, though? Would that be got me going to my wife and sort of just reading her my grocery list? <laughs> because I don't believe she would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I quite or, like the or, idea or, of that in a relationship, actually. But there's some kind of just mandatory period in the day where you just are forced to acknowledge the information exchange between each other. Do you know what? Like the read messages are a bit similar to that, aren't they? Actually, if you think about it on the text message, when you can see that someone's read your WhatsApp message or your your iMessage. That's how you Mm. do it. You, you make sure that you have a, a chat system for those updates and then you collect them into a meeting formatty thing, mm. and you would then have to go and hunt for the people that don't <laughs> do the messages anyway. Well, yeah, that's and the slight fun, problem but, but still. here is often it's the most busy people with the least time are the ones you really need the input from, or you need to validate what's going on with. And um, the risk I see with this would be you could probably drive forward quicker. But you mm-hmm. you run the risk of actually those stakeholders who have a really important contribution haven't understood in this one way communication as well. You haven't given an opportunity for any clarification. It, it makes the assumption that you're able to perfectly summarize the update in a way that people don't have follow up questions. Um, so so long as you're iterative. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Like, just do that. Yeah. Don't put, like, don't spend unnecessary time waiting for a confirmation that everyone has understood. Just go, just do it. And then we'll, we'll circle back in two weeks and see what catastrophes we have created for ourselves. But at least something happens. Yes. The second one I do like from Darren, and this, this, um, with time with McKinsey's article saying if it's information sharing and it's just one way, then 
Darren Chait recommends, make a video. Sometimes it's easier to have a meeting because it seems more efficient. It takes less time to explain something in person than to write it all down. But when you make a habit of this, every transfer of information starts to default to yet another meeting. When you make a video instead of having a meeting, your information is available on demand. We call this asynchronous communication. Your team can absorb the information on their own schedule without distraction and get back to you with a plan to move forward. Now, I really like this. And it's something I'm going to try and make more and more use of is video updates. I have a a hypothesis on why this is a problem, though, and I don't think he's exactly right uh, when it comes to, to the... The, the the biggest benefit of doing this. It's also the biggest problem. <clears throat> when you create a video, you can you can watch yourself back. What happens then, to me at least, it's probably an, an extreme case of this, but I am not consistent when I look back at my stuff, stuff that I've done. If I record a video of myself, I'm not happy with the content. It doesn't make any sense and it doesn't like really hang together all that well as someone who's edited podcast with you jacob i don't have to agree with that yeah you can see that that is the problem i'm teasing you Uh, no i know i know but it's it's it's, you're you're teasing me but it's also true it's true for everyone it's true for everyone that's that is actually the point what that forces you to do though is either you go in and you edit that's one way it's probably the most resource intensive and you would have to learn some technical skills in order to do that. So that yeah. probably for most people, that's not feasible. The other thing is you have to go back and edit your PowerPoint and re-record to make sense. But that's good, right? Well, I think it's good. And if you, yes, you have to, but if you think about the alternative of having a meeting at this, and this is one way information sharing, then you'd be presenting with a talking and a deck and you have the same, all that you're doing is just recording yourself doing it and sharing it so people can watch it asynchronously rather than forcing everyone to join the meeting and watch you do that. But you also have, when when you're live, people are much more forgiving for inconsistencies and mistakes. Oh God, yeah, that's a really good point. You're right, there is this expectation if you're sending me a video, you you shouldn't have glitches you're right that that's a really good point about the downsides of of sharing video but i think that's a good thing for me because i like seeing that oh i have a problem in my messaging here i need to go in and i need to cut it down and make it better that's a real positive of doing the video i mean this might mean it doesn't end up saving you time it reduces it reduces the amount of time you're in meeting sure but you may be spending a lot more time creating these videos but you're watching it back and sharpening up the message and that is also a kind of a respectful thing to do though like shouldn't i even if i have a meeting try it out first if i have a presentation try it out make sure that it's good and if it's not i redo it it's just all of a sudden you can see where it doesn't hang together when you watch your own video uh so i'm all for i'm 100 positive to this solution for things and you can do things more informal if you record with your phone and it's a little bit shaky. All of a sudden you get this live feeling and you, you can kind of get away with a little bit less polish. People are very accepting. But at least you will, yeah, at least you will catch if something is like really wrong with your messaging. 
I think, and I think that's a really good thing. Like, do that more. I would even encourage if if someone has a presentation, just go into whatever media player you have installed on your computer and re- record the thing that you're what you're wanting to present, and and check it out because, I mean. I don't know. It, it seems to me on the aggregate, it's going to take less time than presenting stuff that isn't really good. Well, here's an action, Jacob. This meeting I've got tomorrow, I'm going to pre-record the first bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the meeting, I'm going to say there's a pre-recorded video where I outline uh, the more one-way information sharing. Please watch mm-hmm. this in the next few days. I don't want to, I want to be precious with the time I have with you now. And so we're going to jump into the two-way information sharing yeah i think that's and but i guess a takeaway is you need to then remind them like send a reminder email that tomorrow we will be having this meeting that you've been warned about yeah and do watch the video it's a really good filter actually thinking like it's a good test is it worth recording a video and chasing someone up to check that they've watched this video? Because if it's if if the answer is no to that, it's just not even worth communicating. But I think there's also a kind of a consistency thing. Mm. If first time you do this for a group, half are going to watch the video, maybe. Second time, there's going to be a lot more. Yeah. Because they know that, oh, David, he's horrible. He creates videos and forces us to watch them before the meeting. Yeah, people aren't going to like it at first, are they? You, I, I, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. I, I would love it. Like, if it's clear, why? And and then I can also go back and I could rewatch the the important bits. Like, no, I'm 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 being I'm being uh, I'm being uh, just silly. But is I think it's a good idea. It's a format definitely worth exploring. <laughs> And let me just touch on the other uh, ways that Darren Chait in his tweet uh, mm-hmm. recommends that you can reduce your working week to only have four hours out of your 40 in meetings. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry I'm so reductive sometimes. It's all good. <laughs> so number three, he says, just don't go to the meetings. He says, if you're in a cross-functional or managerial role, you may feel obliged to go to a lot of meetings. You need to stay up to date on everything. It's not that you're a necessary presenter. You're worried that you might miss an important detail. But sitting through endless meetings is a waste of your time. What you need is good, high-level meeting notes consistently delivered to you, ideally in a centralized place and not some co-worker's scratch pad or random folder. So skip the meeting and ask for notes instead. And then his last points as well to achieve this goal is... Stand up for stand-ups. It's popular to to describe ultra-brief meetings as stand-ups. I've noticed, though, that if anyone is remote, stand-ups become sitting-down meetings, if they weren't already. Hmm. The point of calling it a stand-up is that you get tired if it goes on too long, so stay standing. When you start to get tired, it's time to end the meeting, move on, and get back to work. Hmm. I really like this one, because if you heard about the the Privy Council in, in the UK have standing meetings no. goes back okay. hundreds of years. And oh, the idea yeah. was it was it's, this is the way that the, um, 
the king or queen gets to hear about the most important things going on in the realm. And it was always a stand-up meeting with the idea being that you people get tired standing up, so they make it brief and you make sure that only the most important information is shared. So mm. I like the idea of make stand-ups stand-ups again. And it's kind of a a signal device as well. Oh, I'm standing up. I know what this means. So it becomes a cultural thing that if I'm standing up in a meeting, then I need to be brief. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what was the previous point? The previous point was um, just if you're in a manic, just don't go to meetings. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking maybe you could do this as well on your meeting on Friday. Tell them not to, to, tell tell people not to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, just don't show up. I mean, I think that's fair. Like, here's the agenda. If you don't feel like showing up, don't. Yeah, well, I'm going to record the meeting tomorrow. I mean, that's an interesting mm -hmm. hybrid of having the meeting, doing a pre-recording, and then also it becomes more and more common for people to record the meetings and then people who can't attend can can watch this meeting tomorrow right. is at the end of the day which is always a challenging time it was the only time slot right. i could get all eight of these people available yep. and it's 45 minutes I recognize that one so it's a tricky one what if you send out your video in the start of the um meeting you make a three-minute like summary of the most important points from your video. As you've all seen, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And then at the end of the meeting, you make a summary of everything that you have heard, and you ask the participants if they, if they agree with your like uh, summary of, of the meeting. Mm. Then you can send out only that part. And if someone disagrees that li watches it, well, then you have another meeting. If everyone agrees, it's fine. It, quite honestly, when you when we're talking through this, I mean, honestly, what what I'm thinking is, and I imagine other people have been in this position, is do I want to take it on myself to be the meeting optimization guy, putting my head above the parapet to investigate new ways of us being optimal in our, terms of our meetings, or do I just want to have a kind of easier life and just go, don't try and change the norms by which this organization are working. And so that's a choice I think you have to make. Are you going to be the person who's championing for let's have more efficient meetings and trying to, to change the, the way that this team are, are used to working? Mm -hmm. Or do you just want to get on with your project and choose the path of least resistance, even if that means more meetings and it's less efficient? And and and, and talking it through, I can see why you end up just sticking to the norm because yeah. I don't really have the appetite for that in this particular instance. The fifth uh, suggestion from Darren Chait to achieve just four hours yep. of meetings a work week. He says the real secret in hitting the 10% goal is that your team can still work together, just don't have a meeting. For example, yesterday an employee asked if I could have a chat about a design. I jumped in a video conference, we chatted, and we're done. It took eight minutes. By not blocking off an arbitrary 30 minutes, we got the discussion done in exactly the required time. Nothing more. And that, I think, is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Yeah, 
that that's what I that's what I want. That's what I want to be. That that is that is what I'm expecting from my digital colleagues that they call me. Yeah. Like, are you available? Sure. Yeah. That's 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 great. Like, I have something important I want to discuss with you. Do you have time now or in an hour? And yeah, uh, that's also like when you have a meeting that is one hour. One hour. Most of the time, you fill it. But when you can't, and you get this weird feeling that you're not really delivering of the, on the promise of a one-hour meeting, that's the weirdest feeling mm. of all. Like that's so strange. Yeah. We should be happy about that, but I feel uncomfortable because I've set aside one hour of this person's time, and probably they would be happy to go to the bathroom, eat the snack, and do some work yeah. in the half hour that's remaining. But I feel like I need to, I need to come up with something to to push into this meeting so that we fill the mm. time. Um, because I, I mean, people are busy. So if they they feel like they can spend an hour with me, I want to make use of that. But yeah, that's maybe that's a personal thing. Maybe it's a a thing to think about. All music in this episode was performed by Vendela.